To all who come to our happy place, welcome to the No Guilt Disney Podcast, where we have no guilt about our love for all things Disney. We are three Disney fangirls who probably know more about the Disney parks than most grown women should, and we are perfectly okay with that. We are totally okay with that. Yeah, for sure. Hello, everyone. My name is Teresa, and you can find me on Twitter at Gertie the Dino. I'm Jane, and you can find me on Instagram at Real Mousewife WDW. Hey, y'all. <laughs> Do not edit this out. <laughs> oh, my gosh. All right, y'all. That was me. I'm Patty. I'm snorting all over the place tonight. This is that kind of day. It has been that kind of week, I think. Uh, Patty Holiday from NoGuiltDisney.com and No Guilt Travel, a travel agency that specializes in Disney and Universal vacations. You can find me on all socials at no guilt life. Uh, I can also be found photobombing pictures with Scott Evans, the adorable <laughs> brother, <laughs> the adorable brother of Chris Evans. And if you guys want to see that picture, well, you just need to come and join our Facebook group because I will drop it in there. <laughs> guys, that's why we're laughing hysterically because it's the most awkward photobomb <laughs> ever. And she just sent it to us. <laughs> Oh, it was a fun night. Um, anywho, um, hi guys, what's up? <laughs> hi. I feel like you know it's been it's been pretty quiet this week, right? There's there's been no Disney news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, none, none at all. <laughs> I would say there's been a lot of stuff happening. Um, a lot since we last recorded, even. Yeah, we the last time we recorded uh, Shanghai Disney, we talked about it was getting ready to open, and it officially opened a couple days ago. Woohoo! And then today, Run Disney races are selling out again, like it's 2013. Woo. Right, right. It's like a total contract. And um, the fun part has been so many people going, I'm so surprised. I've never seen it happen like this before. And I'm like, yeah, um, it hasn't happened like this for a while, but uh, it's 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 a little crazy. We're going to we're going to talk about all of that. Uh, we have some exciting and um, I don't know. It's been an exhausting week and a lot going on trying to keep up with all these things happening. But uh, let's unpack this virtual vacation baggage and talk about all this stuff. We also have Disney Springs to talk about. It's opening next week, right, Teresa? Yeah, uh, May 20th. Okay. All right. See, stuff is happening, people. We're popping over here. Stuff is going on. <laughs> um, so I guess we should start with Run Disney because that that was it was today. I think yeah, today, yesterday, it was this week, and I know lots of there were a lot of comments online with people freaking out because they thought they had their registration ready to go, and then it was just gone. <laughs> Last week was annual pass and DVC sign up, and that was um, gone in minutes. And everyone was a little worried about today, but we kept kind of being like, well, you know, annual pass, DVC, they don't really sell that many entries. It should be fine. It was not fine, y'all. <laughs> <laughs> it was not fine. That is that is accurate. <laughs> it was the exact opposite of fine. <laughs> I, I got to say, I'm... I'm sorry. I I don't. I, I know it's not my it's not my fault, but I'm I'm really sorry. There's so many disappointed fans out there because I know how much these races mean to people and how incredible they are and how awesome they are and probably how much people really were looking forward to getting out and having 
something to really shoot for and look forward in this year of all years. And then to have registration just like fly, like it just flew out. <laughs> it just went, it was insane. Uh, really, really quickly today. And um, I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry if you didn't get in. Well, and we were talking a little bit earlier too. I know in the past we've mentioned if you can't get into a Disney race, a travel agent is usually a good option to go to. But we were talking before we started recording and you were saying even that uh, had its limitations this year. It definitely had its limitations this year. Um, so travel agents do get a slice of, of the inventory and it's allotted to us in advance. And until Wine and Dine, which Wine and Dine we all us travel agents did expect that to go pretty quickly and it did. Uh, but that was, we were banking on two things. Well, actually I guess it was a three part thing. One, that race is smaller than marathon weekend. It's smaller than princess half marathon weekend. So it's just less people, less bibs, right? Uh, two, the theme was villains, which even Jane signed up for all three <laughs> races. Her big Run Disney comeback is happening, hopefully, in November. And that says a lot. People love villains, right? They do. I mean, those are my people. <laughs> those are your people, right? Uh, so the villains, plus the fact that it's just a smaller race, um, you know, it just... And it's wine and dine. People really do like wine and dine. They they really enjoy this race weekend. So all of those things combined for a really, really quick sellout. But then what surprised us from the TA level, from the, the background, we were watching and it was happening to us where our allotment would sell out. And then a couple of days later, Ren Disney would reallocate a few more bibs in different categories to us. And then, you know, within a week, those would sell out. And then they gave us a few more and then those would sell out. And uh, that that happened uh, two or three times. Uh, they, they would replenish our bibs and um, finally got to the point where they're like, We're, we can't give you any more. We need to save, you know, we, and it's fair, totally fair, not complaining. But, you know, they needed to make sure that there was plenty to go on sale to the general public. All cool. Um, but yeah, we saw them even from the travel agent side. It was it would it would get to be very slim pickings at times. And then sometimes they would give us more and sometimes they wouldn't. And anyway, um, for anyone looking for bibs right now, unfortunately, travel agents cannot help you at this point in time. That could change. So if you have one that you're working with or you have one that you love or you're looking for one, hello, that's me, uh, please reach out. We can put you on wait lists. I know plenty of TAs across the board are, are creating wait lists. And if by chance we happen to get any bibs come through our way, Trust us, we want you to run too. And uh, all of the TA bibs do need a two-night stay. So you do have to book a room package at an on-site resort. Um, there are a few limitations there, but you know it's two nights. And if you're going to run the races, chances are you're probably going to stay on property or close anyway. So you know it's an option. Um, but unfortunately, we just don't have the bib inventory at this time of this recording again could change. Let me know if you want some information on that. You can find me by email at noguilttravel at gmail.com. N-O-G-U-I-L-T-T-R-A-V-E-L at gmail.com. All right. Okay. So yeah, that's where we are. Uh, if you are still looking for bibs, probably your best chance is to reach out very quickly 
to a charity. And I will put that link in show notes for you. I have a list of all the charities that are out there. Charities are also running pretty low on their bib supply. But right now, they are the only game in town. So if you want to run this race in January, the charity route is your only option. And I'm assuming that we think, or you guys have heard, that it's the reason that supply is so, it seems to have gone so much faster this year, is because they probably have a fewer bibs available, just given given everything that's going on, trying to cut down the total numbers who will be racing. So that is the rumor. There have been some reports that people have called Run Disney, and some people have been told that they have no idea what they're talking about. Um, and other people have had a cast member say to them, yes, we cut back on the number of registrants based on what's currently going on in the world. So you know, whether or not that's true, who knows, but um, that is some of what people are being told. Yeah. Uh, just to give you an example, wine and dine half marathon, I think typically has, I don't know, 12, 13, 14,000 yeah. finishers. Does that sound right? Where when you're talking about the half marathon and the marathon weekend at Disney um, in January, you're talking a much bigger race, like 21, 22, 23. Uh, they say 26,000 runners, but I think like finisher wise, it tends to be more like 20, or, you know, low 20s. Point being, there, that's the difference, right? And that's each day. So mm-hmm. that's not yeah. like over the whole weekend. That's each day. So it looks like, or it feels like uh, this, um, marathon weekend is maybe going to be more the size of wine and dine weekend, or it could even be smaller. We don't know because <laughs> we we don't know, and they don't they don't give us any numbers. We don't we don't really have an idea, but that's just the guess uh, based on how quickly things sold out. Now, the other side of that coin could be that that's not true at all. That they are selling just as many bibs as they always have, and the key difference I think could play into this is that you've got crazy runners who have all this pent up need to run because all their other races have been canceled. I mean, like everything's been canceled. I I think there's a, or moved or changed. I think there's a few that are still holding on for the fall, but for the most part, a lot of races have been canceled. So could also just be a, you know, this is the only game in town right now. So we want to all sign up for it. I want to get my marathon in this year. I can't get one done in October because it's been canceled. So when, when can I, and that could be an answer too. So it could be also demand, but I'm leaning towards the side of a smaller for social distancing or attempts at social distancing or whatever it is they're going to try to make this thing look like. That's my guess. Well, I know a couple a couple episodes back, we talked about um, Club Run Disney and, uh, you know, the fuss that people were making about that. And I'm like, and looking back now, the people who bought that, especially with the the guaranteed race spot for one of the races, I'm like, oh, they probably made a really good choice. <laughs> nope, they did not. Because here's the kicker. You paid for that now, but you don't actually get that benefit until October of 2020. So you don't even get the registration benefit. I thought you would get the registration now for the races that fall in that time period. Oh, that's awkward. Nope. 
<laughs> um, awkward's, awkward's a good way to, to describe it. Um, yeah, no. So folks that signed up and put their $800 down for Club Run Disney um, actually will be able to participate in next in 2022's marathon weekend with a guaranteed bib, but not for 2021. Interesting, huh? That's weird. <laughs> yeah. So, so, so yeah. So these bibs actually, because uh, people online are also saying, oh, just like Teresa was kind of assuming is that they must have taken out a certain amount for Club Run Disney. Not the case. Not, not yet. We haven't seen Club Run Disney affect the race uh, registrations just yet. On a positive note, I did see somebody I know on Twitter, who is a perfect dopey. And he was saying he didn't get into like the initial the pre registration, he got shut out of that. And at Disney, it looks like they did email people specifically if they had the perfect like any of the perfects, Um, they messaged them to be like, hey, you know, we want to make sure here's your special individual link to register. So I do think it was really nice that they not really. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) something good (laughs) so so yes you're on to something you are that is something good however okay so rendy's rendy's kind of had a little bit of a struggle and i'm gonna go with giving them the grace of like half their staff is probably furloughed i mean they're just you know what i mean nothing's normal right now so in normal times the perfects that and and a perfect runner is somebody who has run the same event all years that it has been uh, been out there. So when you hit the five years, which is, I believe this is the fifth year dopey. Is that right, Jane? Or is this the six year dopey? No, isn't this, um, I want to say this is like year seven or eight now. Oh dude. Okay. See, I don't even remember. I can't was remember. It really, I so could be, could be, but point being, um, when you, when you, after you get past the fifth year, you're considered a perfect as long as you keep running. And so, yes, they have that list and they have their emails and it's supposed to work just like you're saying, Teresa, that, in advance, they're supposed to get a link that says, hi, you're a perfect runner. You Here's your link. You have a, a guaranteed link if you want. You still have to pay for it, but you know you have a guaranteed slot, so you don't have to stress. This year, I'm assuming due to COVID, I don't think it's a change in Run Disney policy or practice. I think it's just everything being shut down and weird and awkward all over the place. Uh, they did not send those links out. They didn't send them out. Now, people got them because they took it upon themselves to either call or email Ren Disney and say, hey, where's my link? And um. when when they asked for it, Ren Disney said, oh, here you go. Boom, 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 boom. And they sent it right out to them. If they did not ask for it, they did not get a link. And they, yes, got shut out of the races today. Now, all that being said... Perfect list, perfect runners. If you happen to be listening to this, go ahead and call or email Ren Disney and request your link. I had um, two instances of runners. One that Sarah told me about from Hi Ho Travel, and then I had a runner myself who contacted me and said, "I didn't get my link. Do you have any idea what I can do?" And we both said, "Call Ren Disney and and let them know, and hopefully they can hook you up." And they did. They immediately said, "Yeah, no problem. Here you go," and they sent it out. So in other words, I think those numbers are still being counted or they're being held out or they're being created or, or whatever, but I don't know how long that's going to last that those are going to be available for. So perfect runners, you still have a shot. If you if you got closed out, go ahead and, and, and contact Run Disney ASAP. And hopefully the link is working because I saw somebody that had one of those links and when they clicked through, it just said, this race is sold out. <laughs> 
Yes, like, they had to oof. they had to like turn on something on the back end. Like I said, I'm giving them grace because <laughs> this is the first race that we've had go on sale where everybody's been um, furloughed. Locked up. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, things are definitely different. <laughs> definitely different. I also think um, most people were available exactly at 10 a.m., which is the other thing. You know, like if you're in an office and you're running around and you're doing things and you're going here and you're going there, but like half the country is still shut down. People are working from home. They're able to like move their schedules around a little. I think a lot more people were available to register. That's another really good point. Um, Somebody else made that comment to me earlier today too. They were like, we're just, we're all home and able to get online where normal circumstances we'd be working or we'd be in a classroom, right? With our students or whatever, Right. right? And they couldn't do it. So that could have absolutely have been part of the issue as well as people were able to get online quicker. I don't know. But I can tell you by the numbers, uh, Goofy sold out first, which is weird, which also totally signals to me (laughs) that that they had less bibs allocated to Goofy because Goofy is usually the last man standing. Right. Uh, but Goofy sold out first. Hmm. So most likely we're looking at lesser numbers. That's my guess. Uh, so Goofy sold out like by 1020. Dopey and the 5K were gone by 1025. The half marathon was gone by 1030. The 10K was gone by 1032. And then the full marathon, the standalone full marathon was gone by 1115. Um, and all these races opened up and went on sale like 9.58 or something uh, Eastern time. So everything went quickly and we hadn't seen that for a really long time, but it, it's what happened. So that's, that's where we are. I mean, I think that kind of sums up our Ren Disney day. It was fast and crazy. That's why I sit at home. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to come in like chair or something. We need to get you to come out to one of those. I mean, I love doing that, but and like yeah. having been somebody who's cheered, especially woken up in the morning, seeing the runners go down Main Street, I totally get why they would want to decrease the numbers because at the beginning of the race, people are so packed together that mm-hmm. I can if like that if that is the case, if they did want to decrease, you know, how many people are on the course at a time, I I completely understand why they're trying to do that. Yeah, I, I think they're I think they're trying to give us a race. And I also feel like, um, you know, I don't want to armchair quarterback or, or guess, but I think the race is going to feel and look a lot different than it did in years past. And that's going to disappoint some people. I mean, this is a good explanation. I mean, this is a good segue into like what just happened with Shanghai, because uh, there, there was a lot of feelings about what we saw when Shanghai opened. And the assumption being a lot of what we're seeing in Shanghai we could also see here in the U.S. And we got feelings about that. People people uh, don't want their magic messed with, man. They sure don't. <laughs> All right. So let's talk about Shanghai. Since we've already like opened that door, let's go ahead and dive on in. Um, did you guys watch the opening ceremonies? Did you did you pay attention? I was the dork that was having a watch party um, <laughs> and totally in on it. So I did. <laughs> I watched very briefly. Um, so I did see during, you know, they opened. I don't know if it was they fully opened with it, but when I turned on. They were having the band play the music to Fantasmic. And it, it made me so emotional. I know last week we were talking about, like, how do you feel about the news that they're opening? I'm like, you know, they're opening. We'll see what happens. But hearing the music from Fantasmic, I was like, oh. Oh, it's getting to me now. (laughs) Yeah, I watched um, some of the opening, but I didn't watch a ton of it. I just, I kind of watched some people walk in. I watched it for maybe like five, 10 minutes, kind of just getting like an understanding of what was going on. And 
That was about it. <laughs> I watched a lot of it because I was uh, a a little. I was a little bit where you were, um, Teresa, where I was emotional about it because I'm a big old dork. But then B, I was also just fascinated, and I was trying to see like how they were pulling this off. Now, for the first the first thing that stood out to me was how very, very, very few people were inside this park. So every single thing that we're about to talk about or mention or say, if in your head you're like, but we can't do that in Florida. There's too many people. It's too packed all the time. It's too big. It's too da-da-da-da-da. I just want to put out as a heads up that I don't think that's what we're going to see. I think that if they, and, and also I'm going to assume that Florida is opening first because it feels like Disneyland, like California's pumping the brakes a little bit harder over there. So I don't, I don't know that we'll see Disneyland maybe till the end of the summer if, if we see it at all this summer. Yeah, I definitely, definitely think that um, we're, I say we're, I am in Florida. I definitely say that we're going to open before California. I think they're very, um, they're much more conservative about large gatherings and, you know, those types of, I think they call like, it was like stadiums and concerts and basically putting large amounts of people in one area. And, and while there are ways that we can control it down here, um, I just, where our state is much more loose in terms of guidelines so I think that we're going to have opportunities to open beforehand. Well, and we're also starting to see that too. Um, we'll talk more about Disney Springs opening later, but on the 20th, so this coming Sunday, I believe, uh, Disney Springs is going to start, you know, their initial small phase opening. And that's kind of how Shanghai opened as well. They opened their their downtown Disney type area. They started gradually opening some like the the resorts so i think you know they're they're moving in phases and i think we're gonna see similar things here you know the disney springs is gonna open first i think then the resorts will open before the parks and they'll gradually build up to that um but yeah you mentioned that uh so i think we had brought up on the podcast about talking about shanghai opening they have a general capacity of eighty thousand guests the absolute maximum that they could have opened at within this first phase would have had 24,000. And they said they were opening well below that because they just did not want to take any chances. And I think because they're operationally doing things so differently, they really needed to have, you know, a minimum number of guests there to see what works in this small crowd. And then I saw a report that gradually as time goes on, they're going to, I think, start adding in increments of 5,000 as they kind of increase what their capacity is going to look like. So, you know, we, I was looking, um, some of the wait times were generally pretty low in Shanghai, where a lot of the park, you know, I think they have some of the highest wait times across the board of any Disney park, and they were generally pretty low. Uh, gosh, I saw like five minute wait times. I was like, sign me up for day one if that's what we're getting in Florida. <laughs> I'm coming, man. <laughs> Well, it looked like, you know, they did have the, the requirement for all guests uh, need to be wearing masks. And I think some of the brief things that I saw is that I didn't watch as much of the footage as you did, but I did see people talking about it, that that was kind of one of the more interesting things guests were entering the park with masks, but then not always wearing them as they should be, which <laughs> I think that's something that will, you know, I think that's just an issue everyone's going to be having, um, but it's... It, interesting to see how cast members are going to to manage that from what i saw uh was that most 
most of the guests were wearing them, but they they did like pull over in front of the castle to take a picture and they took it off to take their picture and then they put it back on. My thing with that that didn't get me too spun up or upset about it was the fact that nobody was around them. Like mm-hmm. nobody. <laughs> I mean, they they were basically getting an empty Main Street picture. I mean, that, and I think that's the key to kind of keep in mind as to how or why this could possibly work at least to start. And then we have to see like Disney is going to do it, adjust and flex and, and decide what, what works and what doesn't work. But in the beginning, the numbers are going to be so low on on who they let in, on just how many people that they let in, that they are going to be able to manage things and manage lines and learn what real people will actually do (laughs) when they're told to do something. They may very quickly learn that Americans are actually going to be more accepting of the mass than we're all giving ourselves credit for. I don't think so. But, you know, um, they, they, they might, you know, you never know. They may find just the opposite, of course, that there's no way, no how people are just not going to wear these masks. And then they will have to make that decision on safety of the guests, safety of the cast members, how important is the whole mask issue, right? But I do think that, um, you know, based on what Bob Chapik said this week, it sounds like masks will 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 basically be required. I'm, I'm going to actually quote what he said. He said, uh, one of the things we're likely going to require is masks for both the cast and for the guests. And I think the mask for the guest will be something that culturally is different. In Asia, as you know, it's fairly commonplace for folks to walk around in public with masks on, but that is not the case in the United States. So that will be something that will be a little trying for some of the guests, particularly in the hot, humid summers that we tend to have. So they recognize it. They know what they're up against. Uh, but let's be optimistic. Let's give, you know, let's let's see what happens, right? And they'll make the right decision for the company and for the parks on how to move forward, but we're not going to know until we get the park open and get it started to see what it, what actual, what reality actually is. Right. And here's the great thing. This isn't forever. <laughs> like I think, you know, everyone hears change and then they think the change is so permanent and it's not forever. So, you know, there is a lot of question. There's a lot of speculation, like how are people going to do it in the heat and the humidity? And to be honest, I live here and I go outside and it's 95 and I put my mask on to go run errands and stuff. And is it a hundred percent comfortable? Like, no, I definitely don't feel like I'm sipping a pina colada and enjoying my life, but is it safe? Yep. So, you know, there's other times of year when it's cooler. So I highly recommend if, it's going to make you uncomfortable to wear a mask or you think that that's just going to take away from your magic or whatever. I highly recommend thinking about coming at a later time. So, you know, hopefully if we all wear a mask, the sooner that we can get through this and then everything can go back to whatever our new version of normal is. Yeah. It's a good point. Like these masks are not going to be, uh, you know, required in Disney for forever. It may be for the next year and then they go away. Wouldn't that be awesome? It's a, it's a very touchy subject personally for me because I live here. And for me, it's just about the safety of that cast. I have family in that cast. I have friends in that cast. Everyone says to me, you don't have to go to Disney. You're right. I don't. But everybody that works in Disney, they're my neighbors. They're my, you know, my whole town is, was built by Disney. So, <laughs> you know, it's very hard to hear a lot of the pushback 
And um, it feels very, you know, very personal. And I understand that everybody's comfort is at the top of their mind. And right now, everybody's running, you know, on edge. But this isn't permanent. You know, we, we can get through this. And like I said, if we do it as quickly as possible, then um, the less time we'll have to wear it. And then maybe in a year, we'll all be sunning outside with no masks. <laughs> <laughs> Some of the other um, changes and, and things that they're doing differently over in Shanghai, uh, the queue lines are different. There's no character interaction, no character meet and greets. There's no indoor shows. Um, so there's things that we, and there's no, I don't think there's any fireworks. Right? No, there's no fireworks. And I think there were minimal outdoor shows. So you picture like the, the castle type show. Mm -hmm, and I mm -hmm. did see a picture of basically on the ground in front of wherever that was happening. They did have little boxes and those boxes yeah. were indicate like where you and your group would stand to watch it to make sure again. To, so they're finding out ways, you know, how can we, I think they even said that they had, they tried different types of markings on the ground to see what would people stand on or what, what were they more likely to stand off of? So mm -hmm. I think in the queue, they had blocks that were like, don't stand here. But then in places where they were doing like those shows, it was a specific space for you to stand. So like I said, I think that they're going to, like I said, they're testing it out with this audience to kind of see what they respond well to. And I think we'll gradually see some of that here. And it's going to be the same kind of thing. I think, you know, what, what we're seeing happening in Shanghai, I think a lot of it will be sort of adopted into the, the domestic parks and it might look a little different, but I think there, we're going to see a lot of these similarities just with slight changes. Yeah, and and I get that. Uh, for example, the the character interactions or the fireworks or the big parades, all of those things are what make a Disney experience a Disney experience for a lot of people. And that it does sound like it's not going to happen <laughs> um, immediately when things first open up, and maybe not for a couple of months. And I guess my answer there is: Do we want the parks open now? Or would you rather that they just don't open at all and hopefully in a year they can call all these cast members back and reopen? Like to me, that doesn't, that doesn't work. I, I, I would rather have something, even if it's modified, than just keep the whole place shuttered until it can come back at its once grand and miraculous grand glory that it should be. Right. That's me. And I get that that's, that's not necessarily everybody's answer, but that, was me. I, I take I I take a little bit of magic instead of instead of no magic, right? <laughs> um, I guess is is the way that I'm I'm looking at it. But those are things that are factoring in. And I know I was watching some comments on one of the live feeds from Shanghai, and there was a lot of American uh, voices that are basically saying, "Okay, well, if this is what it's going to look like here, I'm not going to go. I'll wait a year." There were also just as many people saying, yep, I can work with that. Yep, I can, I, I'm coming. So I don't, I don't know that it's, you know, tipped one way or the other in the court of public opinion, but it's absolutely a valid choice if, if not having those special experiences like ruins it for you. Like that's cool. Like it, it makes sense. I, I, I don't think you're wrong, but it just, unfortunately, I don't think we should have them. Um, at this time, and I do, th I do feel like Disney's making some really smart choices on how they're trying to to, to control what they can. Uh, one of the other very cool things that I caught 
when I was watching that feed for way too long <laughs> was I also watched the janitorial staff, the custodial staff, and they were wiping down everything. They were wiping down the railing that's around like the center big Mickey head. I think it's like flowers right now um, that they had there. I saw him like spraying and wiping it down. And I hadn't seen anybody like leaning up against it or hanging out up against it. Nobody had touched it. But that was part of his job was to go and wipe that whole thing down regardless. And I'm like, you know what? I like seeing that too. I like seeing their presence more and their wiping and their cleanings and their sanitizing. And I think that's going to go a long way as well uh, to trying to open these parks up safely. Yeah, I agree. Um, I saw a bunch of people, they were talking about if the parks do open with these changes, that it's no longer a value for the price they're paying. And I was like, you know what? I, I can understand for me, you know, it's my annual pass. It's already paid for. So like it is what it is. But if you're coming down here and spending that kind of money, I totally get that you want the whole dog and pony show. Like I would want that same thing too, but um, you know, it's just not, always possible so you know hopefully there's a lot of options for people to move vacations or make it work for them and you know we'll get through it yeah and on the annual pass note so disney i mean they have given people options if you do have an annual pass you know they've they have said that we talked about this earlier um they'll extend annual passes for whatever period that the park is closed and it'll be interesting to see if that includes phased openings where they might have limits on how many people can get in but they have also given people the option for annual pass holders you can cancel your annual pass now so if you have the monthly payment you're not locked into that if you've paid up front in full you have the option of having that extension added on once the parks open or you can cancel it and they'll give you a refund so i know that's one thing you know we talked about you know if you might feel like well i'm i have an annual pass i've already paid and i'm gonna lose out on this if i don't go like disney they they are doing everything they can to give people as many options as they can right now. Honestly, I'm I'm just so impressed. And and I know anybody listening to this is probably like, well, of course she's saying that. She loves them. Well, I do love Disney. But I will also say when I don't love them or when I don't agree with things they're doing or I don't like their choices or I think it's, as we said, awkward um, <laughs> club run Disney. Um, but <laughs> um, but in in almost every aspect that I've seen so far, I have been super impressed with how they're handling things, at least from what, you know, just the lay person is getting the experience of, I can't speak for what's happening behind the scenes. And, and, I, and, I, and I don't know, you know, truly how cast members, for example, are being treated or their expectations. But I can just say from, um, from a big Disney fangirl who wants to get back to Disney. Uh, I like, I like some of these choices. I like the things that they're doing. And I want to say thank you to both the Bobs. I think you guys are knocking it out of the park and dealing with this as safely and productively as you can. And we appreciate you. I mean, we appreciate Bob number one more than Bob number two. (laughs) I wasn't going to say it. That's what I'm here for. I'm here to say all the things that we're thinking. All right, look. I mean, we don't hate Bob number two, but we have the teensiest crush on Bob number one. <laughs> we, we, we do. We, well, I think, yeah, well, we, we, can, we can say that. I think that's all right to say. Maybe um, we need a, a, a no guilt fangirl episode of Bob Iger. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe we can get him. We could probably get him on the podcast. 
he's, oh, he's doing not anything. I'm going for this. <laughs> I did say aim high. <laughs> Jane's going to tweet. Hey, Bob, what's going on? You busy? <laughs> I finally have motivation again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. All right. Please land Bob Iger on the podcast. Thank you very much. Uh, all right. <laughs> well, he's listening. So, Bob, let us know what you're scared. We'll clear ours. You just let us know. We'll work within whatever we got to do. Um, yeah. So, anyway, uh, back to Bob number two. One or Bob number two, though. So this is Bob Chapik. He's two. Iger's one. Uh, Bob Chapik also mentioned, and he said, if guests continue to behave in the way that they have, we may be able to approach uh, approach that adding more people to the parks. We're all playing our part in this ecosystem of safety, if you will, and we're going to do our part, and we need the guests to do their part too. So listen up, folks. When we get this chance to get back in these parks, don't mess it up. <laughs> Some of us don't have trips and planned until November. And some of us, okay, that's me. I'm the us, uh, would really, really, really like to go to Disney this year. So those of you that do get to get in early, if you've got planned trips or um you do make your 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 you know your your opportunity to get down there, um do what they say, follow instructions. <laughs> Well, I'm guessing that's also, this is another good point. This probably is why they, you know, I know they're not going to acknowledge it, but this could be a good reason if they did have to cut capacity for the race, because who knows what phase of opening they might be in in January in terms of how many people are coming into the park. So I would imagine that they are playing it safe and it's ah, not, it's, point. it's worth it to kind of like, as, as things progress, if they are, you know, reopening faster than expected because people are doing the things they should be doing keep just keep an eye on what's happening keep make sure if you get on a wait list with a ta if you're curious about running (laughs) you're getting so logical because that is true they could have they could have cut the race in half planning on if they can add more bibs later uh you know that's very logical of you there Teresa. i like it i like it uh all right anything else with shanghai that we want to mention or talk about as far as what we liked, what we didn't like, what we saw, what we didn't see. Oh, I wanted to make a point. Uh, we have a corrections corner. It's a steal from my favorite murder again. <laughs> I think in the last podcast, I said something about um, It's a Small World finally being played in one of the Disney parks. It's open. There is no small world. <laughs> There's no small world in Shanghai. Y'all, this is a family podcast, but I almost said my favorite thing to say. <laughs> <laughs> so I'll just spell it out for you. It goes O-F-F-S. No, no. <laughs> yeah, no, Jane, how did we, well, we've it's never just my it. house again. <laughs> it's just your house. It's the only place playing. It's a small world on a daily basis. <laughs> Teresa, why didn't you mention that before? You're supposed to correct us when we're wrong. We <laughs> count on you. It's You're funny, like a was, park historian. <laughs> I was actually going to bring up something about that during the Disney trivia episode, and I just we had so many other things we were talking about, I didn't get to it. So it's <laughs> you are supposed to fix these things when we, when we mess up. That's 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 your job. Noted. Teresa. All right, I'll be on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> call us out say girl <laughs> you wrong um, but yeah there's no it's a small world who knew who who knew uh Teresa did but nobody else did <laughs> um anywho okay so let's talk about disney springs what does it look like and what is going on in disney springs and jane are you oh wait wait before we before we move off of this topic i do want to ask this one question to both of you put you a little bit on the spot i think i know your answers but i'm still going to ask it if 
Walt Disney World opened and the same protocols that we know about with Shanghai, exactly the same, nothing except, well, except for the QR code thing, because obviously the U.S. Mm -hmm. does not have that at this time. But everything else is the same, right? The temperature check, the, you know, limited people coming in, uh, you do need to wear a mask, Uh, all of the social distancing queue lines set up, blah, 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 blah. If everything is exactly the same as Shanghai, would you go at your first available opportunity? Yes. I'm saying yes with an asterisk only as a person who would be traveling there. I think just because of the way it's set up, like I'm curious to see how they would handle those types of um, like capacity issues, both with the the number of locals and people booking rooms. So say, I still- say you can get in, say you can get in. Yes, You're like assuming I can, in. assuming, mm-hmm. you know, I know in advance I'm able to get in because I think mm-hmm. that would be a frustrating process to, to get there and then not know each day. I think I would. And, and even if I couldn't get into the park each day, if something, you know, happens, I'm like, there are so many things at the resorts that I could do. <laughs> I would be fine. Like just kind of being down there. I think, you know, I talk a lot about, I just like the atmosphere of Disney. Mm-hmm. So even if things are different, I'm like, I'm, I'm okay. Like being away from people. I don't need the people around me. I'm okay. <laughs> skipping out on rides. If, you know, if certain attractions or shows are not going to be running, I I enjoy Disney background music and just wandering Disney. So I would be fine going. Um, yeah, except assuming assuming I know that I can get into the park at least one day, or if I assuming I am going down knowing I will not be getting into the parks any days, but I have a room. That's fine too. I'm all good. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, well, I, and that's part part of the trick question. There is actually one of the things with Shanghai is they had a reservation system. Uh, they a they sold only a certain amount, a limited number of passes, but then uh, annual pass holders had to. Uh, get into this registration. So I'm sure those were limited as well. And I'm assuming that was like a whole nother like Ren Disney 2013 or Ren Disney 2020 as it happened today. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> got to get in the queue and lottery it up and and hopefully your number was called right to go. So yeah, that would be my assumption is if I knew I could go, I would go under these circumstances. And in fact, I would probably be more likely to go sooner than later because I think in the beginning, cast members and guests will be hyper vigilant and and will be on their best behaviors, right? Uh, and will also be really looking for things and trying to be as careful as, as could be. So, from a safety standpoint, I'm all about that. Um, from a purely selfish standpoint, I am all about those five minute walk on. I get an entire boat on Pirates of the Caribbean to myself. Yep, sign me up. I'm doing it. Uh, so those things, I would be definitely would be a, a positive, and and I would be interested in going. But honestly, from the safety standpoint, I was comfortable seeing what they were trying to do and what they were trying to accomplish. So I'd feel okay going. My bigger um, concern would be getting on the plane, <laughs> like the, yes. the, being in the confined box. Like I would, Trace, I would consider, you know, Trace, driving I'll down come, for the first yeah, time. Yeah, I'll, like doing I'll a road trip down. I'll come pick you up. I'll come pick you up. We'll road trip down. It'll be fun. We'll have a grand old time. We'll 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 go. We'll swing by. We'll pick up Tanya. Yeah, and we'll just Perfect. road trip it all down. Okay, and then yeah, it'll be great. It'll be great. Um, <laughs> all right. So now, real quick, let's talk about Disney Springs because that is the, our actual first official Disney opening, right? Stateside. Mm-hmm. This is it. Yep. Okay. And it's happening on Sunday. So what's happening? 
So, and it's, it's, I think it's a little funny to say it's the first Disney opening because, so they are opening some of the restaurants and the, the shopping areas, but it's none of the places that are opening are Disney operated. It's all the third party operated ones. So I've looked, I wrote down some of them. So it's Wine Bar George, STK, the Wolfgang Puck Bar and Grill, some of the smaller kiosks, like the Yasaki, um, the Joffrey's kiosk, Sunshine Churros. And I think it's all the anthropology, but so some of the, some of the retail areas. Um, but so don't go down there thinking that you'll be able to get into world of Disney or Raglan road or some of these other, the ones that Disney kind of oversees. Uh, but so they're going to be opening. It's, they're going to be requiring people, the cast members and people on property to be wearing masks. I'm not sure for all the situations in terms of what that restaurant capacity is going to look like, how many people to be able to allow in and out at a time. Um, I think they said there's also going to be limitations on the parking areas. So it, it's going to be interesting to see how it goes. Uh, I did also look earlier. And so right now, uh, up through Disney, you know, they've pushed back their date for people can make reservations for anything on property to July 1st. It used to be June 1st. Um, but now so that the period of the month of June, the only places that you can make a Disney dining reservation is at uh, the Disney Springs restaurants. Mm -hmm. So, and that's mm -hmm. not, you can make them for, you know, you can make them for some of the other restaurants that are not on the list of having confirmed open. Don't interpret that as meaning you will definitely keep that reservation. I think it's still playing by ear, but Disney's playing it safe and they're only allowing people to make reservations there at the moment. A friend of mine has a reservation for Raglan Road for the end of May that was made months and months ago. And that still hasn't been canceled. But um, from what I had read, I don't believe Raglan Road is on the list that's opening as of now. I mean, of course, everything could change the same way with Run Disney information. It could change overnight. <laughs> um, but it still hasn't been canceled. So we're just curious to see how that goes. So do so you do know, I was, yeah, I was going to say, are you planning, I guess, any time in the near future to try and go? Or are you still waiting to see? how things play out during the first couple days or weeks? Um, I am definitely not planning on going uh, immediately. I do think that we are opening a bit too soon um, for my liking. I went to Target last week to run in for some essentials and you have to wear your mask there and, and, uh, people were very compliant about that, but there were people like trying on clothes and that really bothered me. Like I was like, what is going on? Like you're touching it and then it's going to go back and then somebody else is going to try it on. And <laughs> we don't know where it's been. <laughs> um, and that's really all. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure I may have texted Patty. My first thought was, Oh my God, the testers in the Mac cosmetics store. <laughs> like, I was like, I can't ever go in my favorite store again. I'll never buy any more makeup. Um, I tell you, it changes a lot of things, right? You're, it's, it's, it, it's, it also, it, it makes you realize all the wandering around and kind of window shopping or whatever that I once did. Like, I have no reason to go to Disney Springs, so I wouldn't go. I mean, I, I take it back. If I live there, I would go purely for, um, a looky-loo because that is who I am yeah. as well. I, I want to see how people are reacting or what they're doing or if they are wearing their masks, if they are, you know, washing hands and whatever. I, I, I'm just, I'm curious like that. So I probably would go, but I mean, I'd go, I'd check it out and then I probably wouldn't go back again because I don't, I don't have a reason 
to go there. Does that make sense? Like so, there's not a, a so, lot of things nowadays are turning into, do you have a reason to go there? No, you don't. Then don't go. That's just my personal kind of thought process during this whole quarantine thing. Yeah. So for me, I, the biggest thing that I was excited about for Disney Springs was if I can go take a walk and still feel like I'm in Disney, I don't even have to go in a store. I just can walk from one end to the other and just hear Disney music and feel like I'm in a bubble, right? That's the whole concept. So that particular aspect of it is really exciting for me because I'm bored. Um, but I, I just, I need a little more time before I think we're ready. And I'm just curious. I, I kind of want just everybody else to go and I'll stalk it from Instagram and see what I can see there. But I will also say that um, a lot of the people, a lot of the bloggers and um, influencers that I follow on Instagram, they're also saying, nope, <laughs> we're not going. And it's surprising because these are a lot of the the a lot of the big accounts that say, you know, that are at every opening of everything and, you know, they have to rush to be first and they're all like, nope, we're staying home. So, you know, I don't know if that's just because of the stores or the, or, you know, things not being as open or if, you know, it's just everybody's safety, but I think it'll be a, a, a couple of weeks before I ease into the Disney Springs thing. That's fair. That's fair. Right. So, um, so yeah, we're all really excited to see what happens. Um, but we also wanted to get back into, we haven't really done a story time lately where you guys share some of your Disney parks memories with us. And we thought that, you know, we're all missing it a little bit. So that would be fun to jump into, but we, we do have a special prompt for you this time. It came up a while back and we're finally circling back to it. We want your most awkward Disney character encounters, I know every single one of you has one because I certainly do. I know Patty and Jane absolutely do. Um, Patty's may involve real people that she photobombs. <laughs> we all have these awkward character encounters and we just, we thought, you know, we've been talking about a lot of news and a lot of things that are going on in the world lately. Let's just do something fun. So make sure you are in the, the No Guilt Disney Facebook group. Um, I'm sure we'll have a thread there where you can share it. You can send it to our email, which is noguiltdisneypod at gmail.com. We do also have the forum available on the noguiltdisney.com website. So plenty of ways. I'm sure I'm going to be putting out a call on on Twitter for this. We'll be putting out calls on Instagram. We just, we want to hear whatever your most awkward character encounter is. Um, I'm, I think we'll get some really funny things and we'll just, we'll have a good time. (laughs) Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. So definitely do not disappoint us. Reach into your memory banks and uh, throw out some of those core memories of the time where you also photobombed Chris Evans' brother. And uh, (laughs) <laughs> if you want to see that picture, come join the Facebook group. Make sure you keep joining us each week on the No Guilt Disney podcast, because as Patty likes to say, it's no fun to fangirl Disney alone. Bye, y'all. <laughs>